What up, everybody? It's J.P. Finley. It's the Washington Football Talk podcast. We are brought to you by Orsman Automotive of Virginia. We arrive at them once you do the exact same thing. They can do it all. New cars, used cars, leased cars. Check them out. OrsmanVA.com. Finally, at long last, there's a football game scheduled for the Washington football team. They are going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday at 5 o'clock. we got a full preview pod. we got 100 chips, over-unders, an awesome interview with Steelers legend Ike Taylor. We also have another interview that we're going to tell you about in a few minutes. It's time to talk some football. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, boys, Mitch Tischler, Pete Haley, join me. Finally, a football game. Um, you know, when we walked into, or when we walked onto the practice field at Washington Football Park, that, what do they call in the park now? Is it Washington Football Team Park? Ashburn. Just call it Ashburn. We walked onto the practice field at Ashburn, and we hadn't been out there in like nine days, it felt like. It felt like it had been a long time. Um, this is a long layoff. How are you guys? Doing well. Feeling refreshed, relaxed, ready to go. Would love to see how many times Mitch has said doing well when you intro him, JP. I think it's every single episode. Mitch is always doing well, and I respect it. There's this uh, – like a million years ago when I was an insurance salesman, there was these cheesy um, like self-help books that that like you'd get at conferences and stuff. And this dude's name was – I think it was Zig Ziglar, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his thing is like no matter – what no matter how you feel when somebody asks how's it going say terrific and i feel like that's mitch's answer every time terrific (laughs) mitch and zig ziglar hey Um, good company yeah dude that guy i'm sure is rich as hell so he's got something going for him i'm doing well too feeling rested ready to go for this monday afternoon early evening football game meef we're watching some meef on monday (laughs) easy with the meef um (laughs) So we'll do the pot at my house after. I think I'm going to invite B. Mitch over because he was mad we didn't invite him over after Thanksgiving. Okay, cool. So we got 100 chips over-unders. Um, we're, we're also going to have an interview with a player. And when we're recording this, we're not exactly sure what player we're going to get. So you're going to have an interview with a player at the end of the podcast. Um I know the two players it could be. One of them is extremely topical and should be a fun interview. One of them hopefully will be a fun interview. Is that They're both topical. One is extremely topical. One is more topical than the other. I actually don't know who you're saying is more Yeah, topical I don't know if I agree with you. I, I think, think they're, they're both equal, equally topical. I think they're equally they're topical equally too. Oh. Huh. Okay. Well, we're going to just have to let our listeners decide. Well, let's just say who it is then, just to okay. dispel the mystery, because I'd love for you to explain how one of these dudes is as topical as the other. So we're either going to talk to Brandon Scherf or Cam Curl, and it depends on their meeting schedule and our schedule. So Brandon Scherf is extremely topical because he's a free agent, and he's playing on a franchise tag, and 
he's playing great. And Cam Curl's a really nice story, and, he, and he's playing well. And especially after talking to Ike Taylor and watching Cam Curl tackle, I can see the value that he could bring long-term to the organization. But are you really telling me that, that Curl's as topical as Sheriff? I just looked up the definition of topical, and it is of immediate relevance or interest. I think Cam Curl is more immediately interesting. Sheriff is certainly interesting, but not until March or April, whenever his future society. Cam Curl is the starting safety right now. That makes him more topical. Is Brandon Sheriff's the starting guard not right. topical? You know you're going to piss off the big man with that. For the record, I was getting on you about the topicalness of this because I thought you were going to say Cam Curl was more topical than Brandon Sheriff. But I agree. Uh, okay. I thought you and I were on the same page, Mitch. Now it's clear to me that we are not on the same page. So I'm sorry. No. But I think Cam Curl is more immediate relevance. My you're opinion. an idiot. Okay. Thank you. I've heard you say that a million times, and you'll say it a million more times. That, that's my Zig Ziglar line. I wish you were still sitting in the closet, Pete. Yeah. We'll get to Pete. Pete, I guess you're out of the closet now, so that's good. But you'll be Ooh. back in the closet for the Ike Taylor interview. Um, Real quick, I just want to tease it a little more. Ike Taylor is on my Mount Rushmore podcast guest. He's the coolest dude ever. I wish he was on every episode from here on out. Dude, he, let's let people hear the interview because it was fantastic. Yeah. He's yeah, awesome. He's the best. Yeah. Um, We've had some interesting stuff this week. Um, we can break down kind of the success this team has been having over the last five games. They're three and two. I would point out that Brandon Sheriff's back on the field, but Pete's not sure he's relevant enough, so we'll, we'll just kind of keep moving there. Um, a lot of it comes down to third downs. They are succeeding on offense, converting third downs to first downs, 10% higher than they were in the first six games. And defensively, they're stopping teams on third downs 13% more. So you want to change things, force punts, and stay on the field. It, it, in some ways, it can be kind of a simple game. Yeah, I've been, I've been liking what they've been doing. I mean, uh, Alex Smith has been playing the type of winning football that, that he needs to play to keep, these, to keep them in games. I mean, the, the methodicalness of, of him on offense and the way that they've been able to, to, to control the football and, and at times really dominate halves in time of possession is, is, the, is the, the formula that you need to win games. And I think as you look at the Steelers game, it's something that they're going to have to do is keep all those weapons of the Steelers offense off the field and, and, uh, limit, the, and limit their big plays as we talk about every week. But more so, the less time that Big Ben spends on the field, the better chance you got to win. Yeah, my, my question, as I'm sure everyone's is for this one, is how much does Washington's recent success have with their opponents and have to do with themselves? And I think it does have to do a lot with themselves. Alex being on the field certainly makes the offense better. He knows where he's going. Uh, the defense, the D-line continues to rack up sacks. But um, I think a huge key for them, and this isn't the coolest or most important nugget ever, it's not groundbreaking, it's that they've been able to get a lead or at least stay close by halftime where they're falling behind by 10 or 17 points. And I think it's a lot easier to do that against the Bengals, the Lions, the Cowboys as of the world, as opposed to Pittsburgh, Seattle, San Francisco. So if they can't keep the game close early and they fall behind in that game script and you see Alex Smith dropping back 40 or 50 times, then I'm worried that those third down numbers will go the opposite way. So they're in a good spot now, but now we need to see if they can be in that good spot against the upper teams as opposed to the lower teams. Yeah, I agree. Help playing the Cowboys twice in the Bengals helps a lot. Um, you know, their first 40-point game since 2016, five straight with at least 20 points. They haven't done that since 2017. Um, 
third down conversions went from 42% to 32%. I mean, that's big, but you're playing bad teams. And I hate, you know, referencing this again, but who knows what happens if Joe Burrow doesn't get hurt. So, I don't know. Um, Steelers just got done with playing a second and third string Ravens team and didn't look good, scored 19 points. I and mean, it's not like the Steelers are obviously a very good football team. They're 11-0, and 0, but let's not talk about them like they're – like that's – playing the Kansas City Chiefs, where the where Washington's going to have to go out and score 40 points to keep up with them. Agreed. I mean, they got – I worry about big plays. Um, I mean, they got big play guys, and this defense has given up plenty of big plays. Um, Time-wise, I think we kind of got to move into chips and over-unders, right? Am I reading that correctly, Peter? Yeah, I think judging by the time constraints we have on this podcast, we should probably get to those preview segments. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Let's ride together. All right. So what do you want to do first? You want to do over-unders or 100 chips? Let's do over-unders because then that will lead into our predictions on 100 chips. So over-unders. I got a lot of stats here. These are courtesy of Nikki Jopvala of the Washington Post. She put them together so I don't have to struggle through pro football reference. And the first one is going to be Alex Smith passing yards, as always. And the Steelers have the stat that I think matters more than Washington's pass defense stat. The Steelers are number one in net passing yards allowed, giving up just 193.2 yards per game. So that takes into account sacks and all that. So uh, Alex Smith, the last two games has stayed under – 200 yards, well under 200 yards, going for 166 versus the Bengals and 149 in Dallas. So this number is probably going to have to be in the 100s, I would think. JP, Mitch, any thoughts? I agree unless Mitch wants to keep pushing the – what do you want? You owe me 20 bucks now on this 300-yard 300, 300 Alex Smith bet. <laughs> We're not doing 300 yards this week against the Steelers. I think the number is like 175, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's What's the, that in the that's, last two wins? Like 158 and 189 or something? Uh, good listening. I just said them. 166 and 149. Very good listening. You think it needs to be lower than 175? Does it need to be 168 and a half? That'd be interesting. It's I mean, some pretty low numbers here. But that's what he does. That's what he does when he wins. So it kind of comes down to whether you think this is going to be close or a blowout. What was the random number that he threw for like four times in 2018? I'm pulling that real quick. I think it was 178. That's 176. No, I think it was eight. Was it? Because Dwayne had the exact same number in one of their one of his starts. It was one. Alex threw for 178 in. Three out of four games in 2018. In that three wins. Yeah. All right, so um, the number is what? Here, here's the only caveat is if they get down big, Alex might put some passing yards up. So you got to keep that in your game flow when you're picking Certainly. your overrun. Certainly. Mitch, you so got The number's first. 178? Yeah, 178 is the number. 178 is the number. I'm going over. 
too too low too low of a number. I know that he's thrown for whatever one sixty the past couple of games, but I'm going over. I'll go under. I think even with the low number, I think we're heading towards a big time reckoning at Fed- at uh, Heinz Field for the Burgundy and Gold. I think it's going to be ugly, and even though it's going to be ugly, I don't think Alex Smith gets over that number. There's going to be a lot of pressure, so I'm going under 178. I think they might have to uh, play some catch-up at Heinz Field, right, Pete? I think so. Don't steal my points. That's why I think over. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Running backs. Pittsburgh's run defense is eighth in the NFL, giving up 105 yards per game. I think we've got to stick with just Gibson here because he's the hot topic recently. Sure. And he just had – I mean, he's averaging 106 in his last two games, I think, 104 maybe. Yeah. Um, what What do you think in the number is? I think it's got to be in the 80s or so because those are two very dreadful run defenses. Um, yeah. And like we said, the game script might get out of hand a little bit. So 70s or 80s is where I'm thinking for AG. I think 79 and, what, and a half. Well, no, do – Alex is 178, so just do 78. Okay. Okay, cool. 78 for AG. And I will go under. Just – not, not, yeah. I'm going to go over. I think they're going to, I think they're going to try and feed it as much as they can to muddy up this game and slow it down and, and keep it moving. I, I think losing Bud Dupree hurts uh, on their D line. I think, I think he might get a couple, a uh, couple rushing yards here. Go over. Mitch just said, slow it down. <laughs> you just said two completely contradictory things. Um, but- slow it down by running the ball. Yeah, I don't know. Murphy, you know what I'm talking about. Replay it right here. Muddy up this game and slow it down and, and keep it moving. Um, <laughs> I go under. I don't think All they're right. going to have a lot of set. I, I think total yards he could get over it, but I I, uh, I think they're hoping to get him to maybe 80 yards, but I could see him finishing at like 65. Yeah. Um, All right. Got him and him getting six carries, throwing the ball 45 times. Yeah, that's wow. very possible. Not a lot of optimism from you two, it sounds like. Um, I asked our listeners on Twitter for some for some over-unders. Tim Meek says, not giving up big plays. Over-under plays over 25 yards at one and a half. Hmm. That's a good one. Um, hmm. That was pretty good. AB twerking replays at .5. That, the, the last time these two teams played was the creation of the twerk impact zone. Mitch was well inside the twerk impact zone. I was far too close to it. You're still and feeling the effects of that to this day. Definitely. That's worse than that's worse than Ashburn syndrome. Post-traumatic twerk disorder? I don't know that you can ever shake that. It sticks with you for some time. Mitch still has nightmares. Um, when we sleep on the road, like you hear Mitch crying in his hotel room. Kind of weird. With the door wide open. Yeah. <laughs> um, our guy Markian Harluk says over under three days until the game. I'm taking the over. I I did want to bring that up on our last podcast. You guys were confident Steelers Ravens would be whatever the hell day it was supposed to be Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. And I was like, I don't know. And you guys looked at me like I was a fool, and it got moved. Uh, and first of all, we're confident. Yo, you can re-rack this audio for sure, Murph. They both insisted that Steelers-Washington would be played at 1 o'clock on Sunday. 
And I was the only one. I was like, man, I don't know. We did chips on it. So somebody could, some enterprising listener could look that up. I, now they're playing Monday at five o'clock. Well, that was on our Facebook. We only show, recap the audio when JP's right about something, never when he's wrong. Yep. You can reference stuff. I, we're not actually recapping any audio. Like Pete just said, that was, wasn't even on the podcast. That was on the Facebook show. Yeah, it was on the Facebook rundown premiere live Washington football talk with friends show. Well, Murph could still pull the audio. Regardless, you guys were wrong. I was right. Congratulations. Thank you. What's the wild card? Um, somebody says over under snaps for Haskins at 10 and a half. That, I think that seems crazy. Somebody said you can pick what I hit you over the head with, which isn't really that nice. I'm into um, that one. Um, you want to do – so in the last two games – I mean, I, I know we already have a Gibson one. Um, what did you – Mitch, you had something interesting you were saying before we started about um, Big Ben throwing pass attempts. Yeah, uh, well, he – I see somebody else tweeted at you over under Big Ben pass attempts at 50. He doesn't throw the ball downfield very much, but, I mean, he certainly throws the ball a lot. And uh, I think against the Ravens, he threw the ball – I'm pulling it up right now – 52 times, I think. 51 times against the Ravens. So, I mean, he certainly throws the ball a lot. I'd be interested to do an over-under on, on uh, pass attempts. His, past, his last five games, he's gone 51, 46, 46, 42, 32. Yeah, so, and then a 49 right before that. He, he, he's, he doesn't throw for a ton of yards, but he certainly throws the ball a lot. So, I'd do over-under, what, 45 pass attempts? Yeah, 45 and a half. That's I like that. Pass, that's a lot of passes. I'll go over on that. I think 45 uh, and a half, I think you get to like 47. I think uh, I'm going to go under um, uh, for that, for the 45 pass attempts, because 45 and a half, because I think that. Like I said, when we were talking about Antonio Gibson, I think there's going to be an attempt to to muddy this game up and limit possessions. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that he that the. How Steelers many times are... did Ben throw the ball against the Steelers? What's that? How many times did he throw the ball against the Steelers? That was pretty muddy. How many times did who throw it against the Steelers? Roethlisberger, fifty-one, Ro- right? Roethlisberger's on the Steelers. I'm sorry. Yesterday in the game against the Ravens, how many times yes. did he throw the ball? 51, 51. times. That game That's another thing. Muddy, dude. Yeah. That's another thing we've already touched on. I'm, I'm just saying to Mitch's point about them trying to muddy up the game, I think he still throws the ball a shitload even in a muddy game. I think if he throws the ball 40 times, that's still a lot, and I, I just don't think he's going to get over 45. Okay. I'm sticking under. Peter. Yeah, I'm saying over. Um, we need to figure out what James Conner's status is. But regardless, I think their offense is getting the ball to Schuster, to uh, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. All those guys have over 500 yards. They like to get it out quick, and that will be a way to limit Washington's D-line. So over 45-and-a-half for Big Ben, even if they're winning by a ton. That seems to be what they like to do. Agree. Did we agree on all of them, Pete? Yeah. I think you two are the same for all of them, and I'm, I'm opposite for all of them. So Great. It'll be Great. pretty easy to figure out winner or a tie this week. All right, let's do 100 chips. Um, Mitch, you got lines? Yeah. Uh, it, 
before Pittsburgh played uh, Baltimore, the line was in the uh, 10 and a half, 11, 10 and a half, 10 range. Since then, it's been uh, bet pretty heavily on Washington. So Washington is uh, eight and a half, uh, plus eight and a half right now. And the over-under is 44. Um, I liked it way better at double digits. Couldn't you see like a 27 to 20 final? I could see that for sure, but eight, eight's a lot trickier. Go ahead. Who wants to start? I'll start. I'm going to go um, all 100 on under 44. I think, uh, it's like I've been saying the whole time, I think the game script's going to call for, for low possessions, clock churning, and there's not going to be a ton of points. Both defenses like to give up uh, give up those short passes. I think you're going to see a lot of bend, don't break, a lot like we saw against the Bengals. Joe Burrow moved the ball up and down the field, but it's not like they're putting a ton of points on the board. So I think it's going to be something semi-similar to what we saw there. And uh, so I'm going to go under the uh, under the 44. 44 is really low, isn't it? It's a pretty low number. I have never felt more confident in a 100 chips bet. I'm going to tease it. I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus two and a half, and I'm going to go over the 38. I think Pittsburgh will win by double digits, but if you give me two and a half, I'm running around with my pants off. I'm so excited about it. And then I think they're going to score a ton of points and get over the 38, not on their own, but they can probably put up 30. I think, again, this is a huge upgrade in terms of opponent, and I think Pittsburgh is going to be pissed. Mike Tomlin called his team a JV team. You're going to hear Ike Taylor talk about more of what he learned from the postgame pressers against the Ravens. Watch out on Monday. The Steelers are going to be angry, and they're going to take it out on the burgundy and gold. Um, I don't like teasing, but, man, I like Pete's tease. That, that seems really, really good. And generally when something's really, really good, it's hard to do. Um, I'm just going to fade Mitch. And I know Mitch is having a good gambling season, but he's having a very bad chip season. I also think I, – I just don't agree with this where he sees the game script going. I, I think Pittsburgh is going to score. The, Washington's going to give up big plays. It, Joe Burrow didn't score a bunch and put up a lot of yards. But Joe Burrow didn't have Claypool and Smith-Schuster. Um, I th- I'm going to go over. I, you know what? I'll go – I'll go 50 fading Mitch, and I'll put 50 on Pete's tees. All right. We're Actually, that doesn't really make any sense, right? Like, why would I – if I think it's going over, why would I tease it also? Pardon me. Just put all, <laughs> <of it laughs> put all of it on the over. Pardon me, sir. Pardon me. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then our Benjamin Franklin bets, guys. I'll go first. I'm going to say Pittsburgh 33, a special number between us three, as we know that from is Mitch's weird, pool. I, I had Pittsburgh at 33 in my head. I have Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh in the 33 pool, so I need Washington to score 33. Okay, good luck. Good luck. Um, they might get that if they play Pittsburgh three straight weeks in a row. Pittsburgh 33, Washington 14 is your final. Dude, I had 33-13 in my head. That's bizarre. You want to take it? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm going uh, 23-17. Steelers winning? Steelers winning. Okay. I'll go 33-17. All right. It's not fair to be that close to you. All right. Cool. Um, all right. Uh, we have 
gosh, this is a busy day. So we have something we need to do right now. Um, I do have an FU. I don't know if you guys have any FUs. We're, we're overdue on FUs. Go ahead. Um, well, all right. I got an FU to ingrown hairs. They are the most annoying things in the world. I'll show you on the Zoom. I got one on my wrist, and mm -hmm. it's driving me crazy. Can you see that? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. You get them on your – I didn't know that you got them anywhere but, like, on my face. Oh, no, they're a thing on your arms and shoulders and chest. And I assume stuff. it. They can I mean, go anywhere. It's a zit or, like, a – I don't know. Maybe I need to go Oil. to the doctor. It's just an ingrown hair. Yeah, normally if you're getting zits on, like, your arm, that's an ingrown hair. I hate them. So I had one actually right here earlier, and I couldn't even put my arm down. It hurt so bad. Right. They here, suck. I got one. I got yeah. one. Uh, I want to S you, salute you to the people at Safeway for giving me a free flu shot. But how have we not figured out how to get a flu shot and then not have it hurt your arm the next day? I'm very sore. I'm, I'm, on, yeah. I'm questionable, and I'm probably limited today at practice. Dude, if, if like somebody like punches you, like messing around, like tap on the shoulder, it's a killer yeah. with, after the flu shot. Yeah, I miss, I miss F you to the people who took away the nasal flu shot. Did you guys ever get the mist? It was way easier. You just sniff it up no. there, and you're good. Pretty sure that's a myth, and you weren't actually getting a flu shot. That's what they called placebo. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I like placebos. So F you to flu shot soreness and S you to placebos. You definitely don't like placebos. You like the real thing, Michigan Pete. Okay. <laughs> I have a big uh, F you. I have a big F you. I left Carver uh, last weekend when we had the uh, golf tournament, or two weekends ago when we had the golf tournament game at a, uh, I'm not going to blow up the name of the place, for the weekend. And he came back with uh, with kettle cough or like a upper respiratory infection of sorts. Oh. So F you to that place that is supposed to be a upscale, nice place, getting, leave, getting, letting my dog get sick there. Unbelievable. Yo, F that? F them? Are you serious? Yeah. You should make some calls on that, dude. I've made a few calls. I, they, they got some very displeased Mitch out of them. That might like, be an MFU. It's a that huge is, FU. He's now FTMFU. Yep. He's in like doggy uh, COVID quarantine for a month where he's not allowed to play with other dogs and taking him on these walks and stuff. All he wants to do is go run over and say hi to everybody. This is uh, that's quite, a quite, quite pissed, if you can imagine. I don't blame you. All right. Well, well shouts out to Carver. sending some some hugs and bones your way, pal. Um, <laughs> we're going to run. Uh, thank you to Orsman Automotive of Virginia. Big thank you to Ike Taylor and whichever player we get, enjoy the interview. Um, we'll be back, I guess, Monday night? Monday night live with us, right? Podcast should yeah, be yeah. done around games five okay. to eight. Podcast should be done by 11, Monday night, yeah. something like that. All right. Um, thank you very much. Here comes Ike Taylor. He's fantastic. You're going to enjoy this. It is a big pleasure to bring on Ike Taylor, former defensive back for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a two-time Super Bowl champion. How juicy is that to have two rings? Not just one, but two. Man, three sound better than two, but I'm glad I got two. I guess I'm being too cheeky right now, as the <laughs> old people would say in New Orleans. But uh, it feels good when you say two-time Super Bowl champion, man. I'm honored. Um, since you said New Orleans, I know that's home for you. Uh, do you know Brian Mitchell? Do you know B. Mitchell at all? Yeah, yes, I do. Yeah, we, we went to the same college. Oh, cool. All right. Um, so we were in New Orleans with, with B. Mitch's son, and I'm a white dude from D.C., so I don't say New Orleans in a very cool way. And he taught me to, to act like there's a wall 
between New and Orleans. So tell me how I sound, New Orleans. That, that that's not bad at all. Oh, right, come on, man, that's pretty bad. He's nah, pretty that's, polite. That's, that's, that's not that's not bad, hey, Mitch. That's not that's not too bad for for considering a guy who's not from New Orleans. That's not bad at all. Why don't you two dorks give him your best New Orleans? It's Nolans. Yeah, he, uh, he, just, he he took out the whole he took out the whole new out. How about this one? New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, we got to get you off the show. <laughs> <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken, Ike. Um, I I, I want to make sure everybody is checking out Ike's podcast. It is believe in Steelers podcast. You can listen to two time Super Bowl champ and Pittsburgh Steelers legend Ike Taylor and veteran NFL journalist Mark Bergen. They've joined forces to deliver the ultimate Steelers podcast. Each week, Ike and Mark break down the latest Steelers news and talk all things NFL. They got guests. They have a lot of fun. They know the Steelers inside and out. Comes out every Tuesday. Be sure you're checking them out. So I wanted to read the promo, Ike, because I want to know how how scared you are of the Steelers' undefeated streak being snapped by the Washington football team on Monday. Not scared at all. I look at their defense. I look at Chase, first-rounder. I look at Jonathan Allen, first-rounder. And just from what I see um, off of their head coach, he's been a defensive-minded. Uh, Riverboat Ryan has been a defensive-minded guy since he's been in the league. If you just look at what he did to the Carolina Panthers and their defense when Cam was at his peak, was at his prime. Uh, Cam had a defense and had a running game. And that's the same way uh, <laughs> Riverboat Ryan is going right now, uh, getting a solid defensive line in a running game. Um, right now, he just had to figure out his quarterback situation. And Alex isn't – well, Alex, that story for Alex coming back off his injury, um, that's an amazing story. But for, for the most part, man, he, he knows to win championships – you have to have a defense. And other than injuries and so-called uh, poor play with the quarterback position with the Washington team, man, the highlight has been that that defense. And they got a young uh, group of, core of of running backs they have that can run the ball, kind of take the pressure off the quarterback. So I like Washington. You know, I think Washington, uh, finally they finally hit their stride. And th this is going to be a tough game for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, playing Washington, this won't be an easy walk in the park because of their defense, and they can get to the quarterback with just four guys. They don't have to blitz as many times as other teams might have to. I hear the perfect guest for this question. We talked to Kendall Fuller yesterday, and he said to beat Big Ben, we're going to have to disguise our coverage really well. As a former corner, when you're playing an older veteran quarterback, how do you disguise your coverage? How do you try and fool that guy who's seen so much? It's hard. Because all four guys in the secondary, all four guys in the secondary got to be on the same page. I remember when we played Peyton Manning the first time and they smoked us, uh, part, partially because it was me. Well, Coach Cowan said, uh, man, we're going to be back and we're going to be back in the playoffs, but we're going to come through and we got to win in Indy to get to where we need to get. And we wind up doing it. But Coach Dick LeBeau uh, figured something out with Peyton. So Peyton likes to see what the defense is doing on the back end on the back end. Some 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 quarterbacks like to see what the linebacker's doing. Some quarterbacks like to see what the D lineman is doing. But Peyton Manning, he wanted to see what the secondary was doing because he already knew where he wanted to go with the ball, depending on the pre-snap read. So we disguised and we held to the last three seconds. 
and he called two timeouts in a row. <laughs> but for us, we played with each other for so long. We trusted each other for so long. We didn't give him a tip or tendency before the pre-snap read. It's hard to disguise. When you don't have a group of guys who haven't been together for so long and they still trying to jail, one of those guys going to get itchy. You know, <laughs> one of those guys ain't going to trust what the coaches has been telling them throughout the week. We were able to do it because we played with each other. We knew what we wanted to do without even talking to each other. We just looked at each other and we talked through our eyes and our body language. Disguising is hard to do against a veteran quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Seven, seven pretty much seen it all. You know, so for the most part, you kind of do, you kind of got to do what the Ravens did. Either we're going to stay off of them, which we shouldn't, or we're just going to line up and play bump and run. And if we get smoke playing bump and run, man, I'll take it. But by the end of the day, I'm not about to let these four or five receivers that Big Ben got just run around free. Um, we're going to try to disrupt a lot of them. Now, it's going to be certain coverages where you got to be off. And hopefully you can catch Ben slipping because Baltimore caught Ben slipping a few times. But for for seven and what he got at his disposal at that wide receiver position, if I'm a DC, I'm just going to take my shot and line up man to man and play bump and run. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to try mm -hmm. to disrupt the timing between the receivers and Big Ben. Um, just sitting off and sitting back, seven man, he'll pick your part all day. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Washington D-line. I know a lot of, you know, opposing teams, you know, focus on all those first-rounders. But Big Ben gets rid of the ball so quickly. I think 70% of his passes are gone within two and a half seconds of the, of the ball snapped. How much pressure does that put on a, on a secondary, on a, on, a, on a defensive backfield, knowing that the ball is going to come out quickly and, and you got to be on your P's and Q's right off the bat? I got paid to, I got paid to tackle. So it, and it's, it's a lot of guys who can cover. Your secondary got to be good tacklers. Teams who win Super Bowls, teams with high secondary rankings, they secondary guys, they tackle they tackle well in space. And you saw the Baltimore Ravens last night play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Them boys tackle well in space. A lot of guys like the interceptions. A lot of guys like the cover corners, but they really can't tackle. Oh, tackling for a cornerback or a secondary guy is a want to. And in order for – in order for the plan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and that seven getting the ball out fast, in order to disrupt that, your secondary has to be good tacklers. So now y'all got to look at the Washington team and be like, okay, I like our front four. We know the ball is going to come out quick. Do our secondary guys tackle well in open space? That's, uh, that's really cool to hear because you're right. People get so caught up in pick numbers and pass breakups and, and everything, but a good tackling secondary tends to limit big plays, right? Correct. Correct. It, it, it eliminates. We know the receiver's going to catch the ball. I mean, that's what they get paid to do. We know they're going to have a few plays. That's what they get paid to do. But for our goals, and I'm just going off what I, who I play for, and that's Coach boat. if you hold uh, a passing game less than, less than 15 yards, that's, that's the big play. So for us, when we played, 15 yards passing was a big play. That, that was the max. And it's hard, it's, hard, it's, hard, it's hard to do. But if you can do that, you're going to put your team and your defense in good situations to win ball games. How do you do that? Your secondary guys got to be good tacklers. They, they, they have to be good tacklers. The more it's a bend but don't break defense. And a lot of people don't like the bend but don't break defense. But we all know once you get to that that red zone, um, that high red zone, the mid red zone, it's hard to throw in them windows. 
that's when the interceptions come when you want to talk about a defense. So that's a bend don't break mentality. But at the same time, man, you just that's how that's how Washington have to look at their team, man. Do our secondary guys, you know, um, fit the mold of of tackling well in space? Um, what on the Steelers defense? Honestly, to me, this is sad because he's such a gifted young player. But uh, how big is the loss of Bud Dupree? I mean, he's been a monster. It's the tandem. It's it's the tandem between him and T.J. White. You know, you got one guy getting 14 sacks a season. The last two seasons between Bud and T.J. White, nobody has been doing a better better job tandem-wise than those two, by the way, they two first-round draft picks. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think I think since the emerge of T.J., it kind of put a spark in Bud because Bud was there before T.J., and I think TJ put a spark in Bud on, you know, kind of being a professional. And this, this I go, hey Bud, I'm not as athletic as you. Um, my 40 time wasn't as athletic as you, but this one, I'm, this one, I'm gonna show you, and vice versa. And those two, you know, they're kind of like brothers now. Even though Bud Dupree isn't a white, you know, he spent a lot of time with him in the off season and them training together. So yeah, it hurts. It hurts because when you go into when the offense going to uh, a team meeting and you're trying to get a game plan to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, you just can't focus on TJ. You got to focus on Bud as well. So basically you got to have two good tackles. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard for a team to have two good tackles. Usually teams now, uh, they're, they're going right tackles. When I played, you had to have you had to have a good left tackle because they call that the blind side. Nah, you got to figure it out. What you want to do is get you a good right tackle because usually – quarterbacks are right-handed so when you get a guy and they face all the time it shifts the momentum <laughs> and these and these young defensive coordinators have figured that out now now it's time for the offensive coordinators to start adjusting you know you, you got it makes the quick game harder right if, if somebody's there in their face even just getting their hands up it, it's, it's just that too but if you're right-handed usually the, the quarterbacks in the nfl who are starters they're right-handed you know what i'm saying so it's like I got to get me a good right tackle because I keep seeing this guy every snap. You know what I'm saying? He's putting pressure on me to get rid of the ball every snap. On the blind side, man, if you get a good tackle on the blind side, which is a left tackle, you cool. You just going to trust your left tackle. You might get a running back to come in there to chip him. You might get a tight end to help him out. But regardless, you know, you, you still feel, man, I still have a clear window to see what's going on on my right side because that's the strong side of the offense. You get a weak right side tackle, you get a, re a weak right tackle, man, your, your offense is going to have hell because if your quarterback is right-handed, it's like, man, I have no vision. I feel like I'm riding a motorcycle and fall early in the morning. So that's 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 how you got to look at it. And these OCs and these DCs, they see they see in the changing of the guard, and that's getting a good right tackle or getting a guy on the left side of the defense who can apply pressure from the left side, which is the right side of the offense, and, and getting in the face of any quarterback. One of the storylines we're going to talk about a lot going into this one is that Washington's going to have 10 days of rest and Pittsburgh's going to have just four. Does that matter or not? That's something everybody likes to talk about. Dummies like us on our podcast like to say it's a big deal. Is it really a big deal, though, for the players? No, y'all not dumb at all. That's just – I mean, that's just being factual. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this – He's kind of dumb. This this what I don't like though. The NFL said they're concerned about player safety and health. 
how the heck you going to have them guys play three games in 12 days? Yeah. So let's, 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 let's cut that. Let's cut that nonsense out. You know what I'm saying? Now from a coach's standpoint and from a guy I know well, coach T, he loves to embrace these moments. He loves the off script. He loves the freestyle. He loves the so-called adversity. So, if you heard Big Ben last night, and I tell, and, I, and this is what I tell guys in the media, listen to what the players are saying. They telling you the story. Hell with the stats. Hell went on in the game. Listen to the pre and the post interviews. They tell y'all what's going on. Last night I heard Big Ben say, "Man, they got a meeting tonight." After the game, they had a meeting. So that's letting me know they're wired in. Coach Tom, they got him, to, got them to have a team meeting. And they will and they will watch in pregame and start game prepping for the Washington Redskins after a game. So basically, you're telling me you didn't brainwash your team to be like, we're going in whatever, wherever, don't matter if we plan three games in 12 days or we plan four games in eight. We're gonna find a way and we're gonna win. So the only people that's talking about, man, they got two games in six days is us which we should, but from a coaching standpoint and how Coach Tomlin has got his team wired, they don't care how many games they play in less days. They're going to try to figure out a way to win. But what caught my attention last night from listening to Big Ben in this post-interview was, man, let me hurry up and get off this TV because we have a team meeting tonight and we prepping for the Washington team today. And I was like, dang, man, that's awesome. You talk <laughs> about the winning you talk about the players being wired in, I guess more maybe for you when you were a player, the Steelers just came off a big game against the Ravens. They have Washington this week and then a huge game against the Bills next week. Do you ever get to a point? I mean, you're, you're saying that you think they're wired in for this week, but as a player, do you kind of overlook a team like Washington when it's sandwiched between two big games like that? Nah, you don't, you don't never, you don't never look, you don't never look around the corner. You know, especially if you don't know what's going on, you know, you got to look, you got to look directly what's in front of you. You know, our, biz, our biggest task, and I'm talking as if I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler right now, the biggest task is the Washington team. You know what I'm saying? So you got to, you got to prepare for the Washington team. Washington record isn't, isn't equivalent to really how they've been playing. They just, they, they just been, they've been losing close games. It's not like they've been really getting blown out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like Washington is a, is a sad team. Washington has a pretty good team. It's just been a, it's been a quarterback carousel so far for Washington. Once they find themselves a good quarterback, Washington is going to be hell in their division. And I, I guarantee you that's exactly what Coach T is saying. Hey, man, it's been a quarterback carousel. Let's not sleep on their defense. But other than that, they're a good team. We can't take this team for granted or lightly. And that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers have been doing well this year. They're not taking anybody – for granted or lightly. Yeah, the scoring where they want to be. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure Pittsburgh wanted to put up points against the Baltimore Ravens last night. But hell, you know, the receivers dropped a lot of clean passes that seventh that seventh through. They got help from the defense. Um McLeod wound up dropping a nice punt and, and, and giving a jump start to the Ravens, you know, the Ravens offense. So it, it, it was a lot of Coach T called it junior varsity last night. He said we played like some junior varsity guys last night. And uh, I don't think those guys want to play like that again Sunday. So they're going to be well prepared or better prepared than it was last night against the Baltimore Ravens. 
I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I got to ask this though. So Pete is clearly sitting in a closet, right? Like you can mm -hmm. see on his screen that he's sitting in a closet. Where, where are you sitting? No, I'm sitting in the closet. <laughs> that's, that's what I, your closet looks way nicer than Pete's though. Do you have no, kids running around? No, it's like a studio. Cause I have to hide away all the time with these zooms. It's, it's, it's like, uh, I got a son, but he's at school, but it's like, um, it's like closed in. So I feel like the audio is better. Um, more of a peace of mind in the closet. It's just, you know, I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on the rug. The rug is plush. So I'm just, I'm just cooling out, man. I'm just relaxing, sitting in the closet, bro. Does your closet have a knocker on the door above Pete? No, nah, it doesn't. No, no, no. drawers. Pete, those are drawers. Oh, I thought that was the door. <laughs> no, you may have clothes strewn out all about the place. He has drawers. <laughs> One more for Ike. I like to do research on our guests before they come on. And I read mm -hmm. a story about you having your iPod plugged into your shoulder pads during what? games. Can you just Where please explain that? In your helmet? helmet? Yeah, yeah. Talk about yeah, that yeah. setup. So, yeah, so, you know, the, the captains on offense and defense, they have the airplugs so they can get, you know, the plays from the sideline. So I said, you know what, man, I'm going I'm to put two of them in my helmet and I'm just going to set it up how I want to set it up. And you know them nano, you know them nano, them small yeah. nanos. Yeah. I just downloaded all my songs. Um, either I downloaded my songs or I just went to Pandora and I had my nanos. And, man, I just rocked throughout the whole game. I made sure that thing was fully charged before the game. And, man, I just rocked throughout my whole entire – like the last four years, I wish I would have done it early on in my career. But the last <laughs> four years, I was just playing music in my helmet. So if you were on Pandora, were you, like, getting ads in the middle of the third quarter, getting an ad? On, like, like you know, you, you, send roses, use my code, whatever the Pandora ads are? You only, you only hear the music uh, after the play. Like, during the play, uh, it's crazy how your mind is going to a trance. During the play, I heard nothing. Nothing. After the play, I heard my music. I heard the crowd. Either either you heard the crowd or you heard your music. I heard my, I heard a little bit of both. So, that was that was cool for me. But, like, no, nah, I ain't really, I ain't really hear no ads. Or if, I, if there were ads, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I imagine Dick LeBeau was kind of like an old school hard ass. He couldn't have loved that, right? Did you know about it? One, 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 a lot of people didn't know. I mean, my teammates knew, but <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, the coaching staff, they ain't know. So, um, and we, and at that time, we was getting signals coming from the sideline. So, as a secondary guy, you just looked over to the sideline, saw the signal, and you knew what defense you was in. You know what I'm saying? So, that's that's what it was for us. We barely did go on the huddle. We started off the huddle like the first, the first play of a series. But other than that, man, we just looked to the sideline, caught a signal, and just left it like that. I love Bloody wide receivers. Uh, I think cornerbacks might be the coolest players in the NFL. I cornerbacks think are the guys. best. Yeah. DBs are the best people to talk to in the entire NFL. I, I, yep. I stand by that. So why why y'all feel that? Why y'all say that? Irrational confidence, the most swag of any of any position group on the field, and thoughtfulness. Like like DBs, I think maybe it's the way they have to view a play or what, because they have to, you almost, 
have to people say the safety or the middle linebacker is the cornerback, but a DB, especially if you're on an Island on the outside, you have to view the entire field. So it's a very different perspective. Like if the play's going away from you, if the play's coming at you, if it's a pass play, whatever it is, you have to, you have to key on the tackle. You have to key on the QB on the running back and on the guy you're covering and the other guy to play in zone. I just think the amount, the amount of football processing information, like think about it as a computer, like the, the amount of, processing power that computer chip must hold seems greater to me than any other computer chip on the field. Yes. Uh, playing DB, you do it. You, you, you wind up doing a great job of seeing people's body language. You know what I'm saying? You'll see an offensive guard or tackle or center body language. Uh, you, you see the quarterback, body language you see a running back body language you see a receiver tips and tendencies so you know if you watch enough tape or after the first quarter you already know what everybody is doing like dang this receiver ain't snap his ain't snap his gloves so they bought to run the ball or dang this this offensive tackle he got too much pressure on his heel so it's a pass play or dang this 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 center is squeezing the ball too tight he's he squeezing the ball tight. You can see the redness in his fingernails like they about to run the ball. Like you just pick up, you pick up, you pick up a lot of little it's and bitty pieces from that distance, you know, but that's, that's in order for you to stay in the game, I think as long as I did, uh, you got to pick up them kind of tendencies. So you just start watching people body language in a little bit of everything, what everybody do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's just, it, you just read people body language depending on their position and what you can pick up from them. We got to this point real quick. Terry McLaurin, what have you have you uh, seen enough of him? How tough is how tough of a guy would he be to cover for you? I mean, to be honest with you, all these receivers coming out, um, they coming out beyond their years because seven on seven is so huge, so popular. Uh, in middle school, you know what I'm saying? Like in middle school, these guys coming out and doing seven on seven camps. Right. So they getting they they getting plenty of reps before they even go to college. They getting plenty of reps on honing their skill and their craft. You know, and it, it, it's not like back in the day, where it was the ground and pound. You know, now nah, these receivers are damn near these receivers are damn near running backs because. You know, a quick passing game for offense now, a receiver get three or four yards, you we're still looking at second and second and six. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or we trying yeah. to get the third down as short as possible. So yeah, man. It just I, I just I wouldn't say cover part for me because I feel like I can cover anybody. I just say since the seven on seven has 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 stepped onto the scene and with these young receivers. They're way more advanced early. If you look at a Chase Claypool, he's doing this as a rookie. If you look at a Justin Jefferson, he's doing that as a rookie. You know, you got a lot of rookies coming to the NFL and and they making plays. I'm talking about veteran plays, and I I truly believe that's because of the seven on sevens. Um, this is the last one. I promise. This is just too much fun. What is it like for a guy that grows up in New Orleans, goes to college in Louisiana? and then spends the next 13, 14, maybe more than that now, years of his life in Pittsburgh. I mean, there, there had to be some some pretty I – mean, even just the weather. Like, there's a lot of differences between Louisiana and Pittsburgh. 
Man. But when you when you walk on the when you walk into the that south side facility and you walk on that you walk on that that second floor and at the time when I was there, you know, Mel Blunt used to come around a lot. Um Lean Joe Green was was a part of the, the scouting staff. Um saw Rocky a few times. You already heard about Terry Bradshaw. Lance Swan was coming in there a lot. Um when you just Franco Harris, he lived there. Mel Blunt, he lived there. When you when you just when you just see those Carnell Lake was my coach. When you just <laughs> man, when you just see that and you know the history of the NFL. And then when you see at the time when you see them four Lombardi sitting on that second floor and they got it all printed up in the glass, you're like, damn man, I want to be part of this. So I, I didn't care about the weather at the time. I'm like, man, how can I add to addition this addition of what these pioneers, you know, do? And I got a chance to sit down with me and Joe Green. And I had, I said, me and Joe Green, how you feel about me? He said, you're a stealer. And I, he said, you're a stealer. He, he didn't say you was a you was a cornerback. He didn't say where you was from. He said, you're a stealer. He said, when we drafted you, we looked at you as a stealer. Damn. So I, I, I said, what's a stealer? He said, still is an unselfish, hard-nosed, son of a bee. All he cares about <laughs> is smashing faces and make sure he take care of his teammates. That's all the still is. And I said, yeah, that's me. He said, I know. He said, we watched enough tape. And then when I seen you practice a few times, Ike, and then when I seen your yes, ma'am, your yes, sir, your hospitality and your good manners, I knew you was a stiller. And I was like, Dang, that's what it is to be a stiller. So then I then I got to to Kevin Cope, and Kevin Cope who was the GM. I said, Kevin Cope, you know what it is when y'all when y'all when y'all drafting, what do y'all look for? He said, we look for stillers. <laughs> I said, God, damn, they got this, they got this figured out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why they always in contention every year to make it to the playoffs to try to get to a Super Bowl. That was goosebump stuff. Seriously, man. That was awesome. Um, I mean, I, this is a Washington football team podcast, but damn, I want to be a stealer. Me too. <laughs> I like smashing uh, faces. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody be sure you follow at Ike underscore swag and you on Twitter. It is the believe Steelers podcast. Ike, this was fantastic, man. Um, thank you so much for your time. JP fellas. I appreciate y'all. Thank you very much. Maybe no we'll do problem. it again. Yes, sir. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It is a major pleasure to get to talk to Washington football team safety, Mr. Cam Curl. Uh, when your name got called, when you got the phone call that you were drafted by the Washington football team, did you think by the first week of December you'd be starting against Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, no, not at all, really. I thought really probably thought I was going to be special teams player or something like that. 
a good backup, but the opportunity came, and here we are. When did you start to think – I mean, let's be honest, late-round draft picks don't always make the team. When did you at least start to think, yo, I'm on this team? Um, I feel like when I started making plays, but I wasn't never 100% sure. You know, it was just my mindset was I'm going to go out there, do my best, do everything I can do, and whatever happens, happens. And then you start to play, you start to get on special teams, all that starts happening. When did you feel like – did you have like a, a light bulb or, or an aha moment? Like, man, I belong in the NFL. I can do this. Uh, I probably would just say when the game starts slowing down, when I start seeing everything on the field, you know what I'm saying, when I start being more comfortable out there because I'm getting way more comfortable now. So now I'm feeling like I belong because I'm not out there wide-eyed and stuff. I'm out there comfortable uh, moving at the right tempo. Is there a single play or, 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 a, or a single game that stands out? Uh, Probably just my – the first game, really, the first game, it was a fun game. You know, I made some plays that game, and that kind of boosted my confidence. And then I, But really, I'd probably say my first start, being able to go out there and hold my own, really, and uh, make, make some plays for the defense, it, it felt, I felt good out there. Uh, sorry, man, my, my audio is cutting up. I'm going to turn my video off. Um, What's it like in the locker room? What's it like with uh, DB coaches and, and Jack Del Rio's your your coordinator? How is that adjustment going for you? Oh, it's going good. I like the staff. You know, we got the players and the coaches. We got good DB coaches. You know, we can relate to them real well. They keep it real with us all the time. You know, in the DB room, it's a it's a group full of good guys. Like I like everybody in the DB room. We real close. You know, we joke around. But we still know when it's time to uh, get down to business, we can do that too. What do you think of your rookie class between Chase and uh, Antonio Gibson's making plays? How, how do you feel you stack up amongst the rookies? Uh, I feel like we, we got a good rookie class. You know, even the guys who aren't playing, you know, they're giving good looks on the scout team and stuff like that. I feel like the rookie class we came in with, it was a real good class. How – how wild has it been for you to go through Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, and now Alex Smith leading this team? It wasn't too difficult. You know, at Arkansas, we had a bunch of quarterbacks too, but it's really just focusing on what I'm doing. You know, I'm focused on the defense side of the ball, the offense side, whatever they got to do, they're going to get it done. You know what I'm saying? They're going to focus on themselves. So I got faith in everybody on that side of the, of the ball. How annoying is COVID to you? It's, it's very annoying, you know. I mean, it came as my rookie year, and now all this crazy stuff happening, all these protocols in the NFL, all this stuff, you know, can't see the family after the game and stuff like that. It's annoying, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I hate it, dude, if, if that makes you feel better. I hate it so much. Um, has your family been able to come up to games or, or – where where's where is home? Like where is your family? Uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma. So they and they so, came uh, Thanksgiving game. That was that's the closest one they could. Oh, make. to Dallas. Yeah. Is that a drivable? Yeah, they flew though. The drive 
probably like five hours, but they flew. Was it cool having them there for that kind of a win? Yeah, it was fun, you know, and my dad hated the Cowboy, so it was, it was extra cool. Did your dad grow up a Washington fan? Nah, he ain't necessarily grow up a Washington fan. He just hated the Cowboys, so. How did you feel about the – I mean, in Oklahoma, I imagine that's kind of Cowboys country, right, as far as pro teams go? Yeah, yeah. A lot of my family liked the Cowboys. He really doesn't that, know who they, you know what I'm saying? Has so that changed like, since you're playing for Washington? Nah, they still like the Cowboys, you know. What but you, is, is we're going to keep beating them. That's, that's the best answer, to make them convert. Um, yeah. Who did you like growing up? Growing up, my favorite team, it was probably the Raiders because I'm really from California. That's where I was at first, and then moved to Oklahoma. So being on the West Coast, I was liking the Raiders. The Raiders have – I mean, their uniforms, I think, are probably the, the coolest in the NFL. Yeah, they have some cool uniforms. What have you thought – What What's it been like for a rookie to play on a team without a name? It's crazy, you know, but it's really 2020. All this crazy stuff been happening. So, <laughs> we're called the football team now. That's what we is, a football team. So, I don't know if it's going to change or what, but I'm rocking with it right now. How ready are you for 2021? I'm ready, you know. I don't want to really look forward to that. You know, I'm trying to be where my feet are, but hopefully – it ain't as crazy as 2020. Sure. But uh, you've had a heck of a rookie season. Do you allow yourself to kind of enjoy that, or, or or do you just have to lock in day by day? Yeah, I'm I'm just locked in, really. I can't enjoy it yet. I got to enjoy it. I got to wait till after the season and look back and enjoy it. You feel me? I got to stay in this little zone I'm in. Um. When Landon went down, what was that like for you? Because he, he's the vet in that room, and, and I, I believe you guys had kind of become close a little bit. Mm -hmm. it, it sucks, you know. It sucks to see that and that for him for that to happen to him, you know what I'm saying? You don't never want to see that happen to one of your teammates or anything like that. And, you know, I was wishing a speedy recovery, you know. But they threw me in, so I had to be ready, you know what I'm saying? I had to take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, next man up league. It's it's wild. Um, what uh, are you a Netflix guy? Disney Plus. What do you like to watch? I be watching Netflix sometimes. What do you what, what are you watching these days? I mean, you, you can't go anywhere. You got to be doing something. I'm the show I was watching. Like I just watched the 100. It got like seven seasons on it. And What's I that? Watched, like, it's a crazy show. It's about like a few. It's in the set in the future, and they said the Earth wasn't like available to live on, so they moved to space, and then they moved back to Earth, and now stuff on Earth is crazy, and they fighting each other. It's, it's crazy. Sounds wild. Yeah. Are you, are you a video game? Like, what do you do? I mean, your day, especially now that everything's virtual, I mean, you're home by 4 o'clock and kind of yeah. can't do anything until you go to practice the next day? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I just be either studying, watching Netflix, or on the game. You know, I like to play Madden, 2K, Fortnite, Call of Duty. What's your favorite of all those? Right now, I'd probably say 2K right now because uh, I hit up Ronnie 2K. He didn't max my player out. This is the best player I've had. I'd love to pretend that I know what you just said, <laughs> but I don't know what you just said. <laughs> I'll talk about the, my player on 2K. Yeah, so you made your own guy? <laughs> yeah. I'm old, dude. I'm an old nerd. Forgive me. Um, well, Cam, let's end it here. Is there any message you'd like to give to Washington fans?
Um, just keep faith in us, you know. Y'all see it's getting better every week. You know, we trust each other more, we're getting better every week. We just stay patient, we gonna we gonna shock some we gonna shock some people for sure. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate your time and uh, go enjoy some 2K. Yes, sir. Thank you. How about this one? New Orleans. Yeah, we got to get you off the show. (laughs) (laughs) True words have never been spoken, Ike. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.